Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Yes. If your father doesn't have a Hawaiian shirt, that's a great idea for a present for Father's Day. Every father needs a Hawaiian shirt. And let the shirt say amen. Amen again. See, you guys don't know what you're doing, right? When I say amen, you say, and I say amen again, it's even louder. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I'm supposed to, I think I'm getting a, a Hawaiian shirt for Father's Day. We have a thing in our family that we call, it's called Wishlister. It's a website, and then you go and put on the things you want. Yeah, and then so oh, the whole family has their own little, like, this is my section, their section, and you can't see what people get, and then you can reserve it. It's pretty cool, so I put a lot of stuff on there. Just in case they want to randomly buy me something, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. It's nice, too, when your kids start making money, because then your gifts get better, right? No, no more harbor freights for me. They're moving up to Lowe's in the Home Depot. I get the good stuff, yeah. New car, maybe, I doubt it. Um, uh, how about the Phoenix Suns? I'm excited. Anyway, now that you guys are warmed up, let's talk about the God of the Covenant. We've been talking about this. I think in times like this right now, what we're going through, um, I really do think it's important. We can talk a lot of, about a lot of things right now, but the fact that God is a covenant God is a powerful concept to keep us strong in these um, turbulent times. Um, a couple things about being the God of a covenant. He chose to give us choice because that's what true love does. Deep true love is a matter of a choice of the heart. So if I want to be loved deeply or loved deeply, I want to be chosen or give choice. And so he had to. If he was going to give us the promise of this covenant of a relationship God that we would have a relationship with, he had to give us choice, but in choice of giving us choice for good, that means we could choose evil as well. And unfortunately, uh, that's what happened. But the second thing about the God of the covenant is this. He always, always, always keeps his promises because that's who he is. He's God. He's not a man. The fact the scripture says, I'm not a man that I would lie because I keep my promises. So that always happens. So God of covenant gave us choice and he always keeps us, um, he always keeps his promises. So last week we talked about is see the God of Covenant even in the midst of depravity, <laughs> which is really appropriate for the world we're living in today. Um, and according to Scripture, we read, as we said last week, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse as the end comes. And the Scripture says, he who endures to the end will be saved. And endurance is in, in the midst of this depravity. Um, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So it might be tr trouble, but we know the one. We follow the one who has overcome. So endurance is the answer. And when, you're, when, you, when you choose endurance in any relationship, marriage, following Jesus, you have to navigate some tricky waters, right? That's what Endurance means you've navigated some tricky waters. Have you seen somebody married 50 years? They've went through some times of doubt, sometimes where they question things. 
um, try to navigate tough times in their life. And it's faith in these moments that God keeps his covenant that keeps us going, that we endure. So today we're going to talk about even when I feel lost, is God still the God of a covenant? I asked my wife, Judy, to help me remember an illustration of when we felt lost. Like we got in a situation and we felt lost. And so she was trying to think about it. She even called my daughter, Sarah, in Japan, going, do you remember every time that we were driving around and we got lost? We couldn't remember a time that we really had an illustration um, where we got lost. So I had to go to a story of before Judy. Before Judy, I was lost. So I had to find, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, that's a great line to go. Before Judy, actually I was starting to date Judy. Actually, we had met and I told her, listen, I just knew right off the bat, this could be something special. And she said, I'm not ready to date you because I was dating this other youth pastor long distance and he was dating like three girls to try to figure out which one's going to work out. I found out about it, so I want nothing to do with a youth pastor. And I was a youth pastor. So I just said, well, I'm here. Let me know when you're ready. So we talked, but I went to Amsterdam to, again, try to meet Floyd. And, of course, you didn't have emails back then. So I just went on blind faith and luck, and he wasn't there. I got a perm, too. It's the first time in my life I ever got a perm. So I had curly hair. Now, I didn't want to mess with taking care of my hair. So I thought, well, it didn't look great. I had curly hair. So I'm in, I'm in Amsterdam with my curly hair. And I was wandering around. Amsterdam's known as, like, you think Las Vegas is Sin City. This is Sin City. The government even says, go for it, no matter what it is. So I'm wandering around in the streets of Amsterdam. And all of a sudden, I'm walking down this road in my sort of, uh, I was a skinny guy back then. Um, this black uh, outfit, like it was, a, it was like a sweat, sweat outfits with the red stripes down the side and my arms, you know, it's pretty cool looking. I'm walking around with my perm going down the street. And I'm looking at, <laughs> this is true, <laughs> I didn't know where I was going. And there was like store after store of like baked goods. And I, I was so naive, I didn't know what was going on. But there was always, out of each store, there was this big guy sort of sitting outside, outside the store, like, in his little chair. And then I look up and there's like these plant leaves <laughs> over the stores, right? So they're all drug, like real drugs, like drugs stores. And I'm walking like, so all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this is not a great area of town. So I'm looking and I'm seeing these big guys that are staring me down with like I didn't belong there. And so I walk a little faster and realize it's a dead end street. So then I stop and I awkwardly sort of like walk past all these shops as fast as I can. That's my story before I met Judy. <laughs> I was lost. I came to her, you know, and she's like, I'm not ready. I go, hey, I'm here, right? Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. <laughs> I showed up like every time. I kept showing up to her work, right? And she's like, I don't think I ordered this. <laughs> like, it was Amazon. What's the return policy on this? Because this guy keeps... <sighs> Before Judy, I was lost. Let the church say, amen. Amen. A man again. Amen. All right. So I was reading about Noah. I see some... I want to make sure you guys are warmed up. I'm reading about Noah and studying. I thought about his journey. I never really thought in depth about the impact of his story and about just really the groups that felt lost. I just want to read this to you again. Genesis chapter 5. 
They have no clue. They just have faith. And I'm sure they felt lost at times. Well, you've never seen anything like this. And uh, the kids and the grandkids in the boat are like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And they're like, I don't even know where we're going. I don't even know when the rains are going to stop. They were ranchers on a floating zoo. Chores to be done. Animals that had to be fed daily. Annabelle, animals that had to be cleaned up after. Sir Noah in the morning said to his kids, rise and shine and clean up the poopy poopy. You know what I mean? Like we got things we got to do. I was thinking about this, a sow, which is a female pig, because I used to raise pigs. Their gestation period, it's really cool. It's three months, three weeks, three days. That's the, about 115 days. So you know there were piglets born on. They came in Tuesday, Tuesdays, but they left like, like a, a pig can have 12 uh, babies. Like they left like 14, 14. You know, they, they came in. So these rabbits, they have a 28-day gestation period. You know, rabbits, like they just, my, my grandma grew rabbits for a long time because they were, you get a lot of meat out of rabbit. I mean, we'd have rabbit stew and rabbit for, all, you know, fried rabbit for this and that. And they're notorious multipliers, right? Rabbits are. So you got all these animals that are multiplying. It wasn't a cruise ship. <laughs> my mind, right? This is the way my mind, I can see. <clears throat> Good morning, passengers. This is Mrs. Noah here, your entertainment director. Today at 10 a.m. on the promenade deck, <laughs> there will be a shuffleboard tournament. A shuffleboard tournament. I want to say special thanks to the turtles who have volunteered to be the pucks. <laughs> it's, really, it's like curling, right? <laughs> turtles are going along, right? It, well, it's, it accomplished several things, right? It's okay to laugh here, right? <laughs> right? They had fun. The deck got swept, and there was a nice sheen from turtle wax. See where I was going? Just, no? Too far? On the Lido deck tonight, dancing to the love songs of Bunny White <laughs> and, and Kenny Giraffe on saxophone, right? This rabbit shows up and goes, hey, my name's Peter. <laughs> yeah? You're so sweet, you give me a toothache. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go on, all right? He says, are you a parking ticket? Because you've got fine written all over you. <laughs> You guys, feel free, guys, to write these things down, right? Anyway, is your last name Campbell? Because you're mm -mm, good. <laughs> so, no, so, no, it was a cruise ship. I'll go. It wasn't a cruise ship. So the uncertainty that they had is an understatement. Like when will the when will the waters recede? I mean, they just didn't know. They were floating, and I'm sure they felt lost. And the discussion today is, can God be the God of the covenant even when I feel lost? Um, and I, I, I thought about, like, in that situation, humanity was lost, and then knowing them probably felt lost at times. And as I think about this and where we're at in life, I think there are three groups of people that can be lost, um, that may feel lost, that are lost. Um, so I want to talk about the first thing is the spiritually People that were before they met Christ. And the scripture says, these are against the Lord. And that seems like a harsh thing to say. 
But let me read you Matthew 12. Let me read this out of the NLT version. Verses 30-32. Anyone who isn't with me, Jesus says, opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you, every sin of blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. When I was a kid, we used to think what that was, right? We try to describe that as. I'm telling you in a second. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or the world to come. Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. And you can have a debate about Jesus with somebody and say things that maybe aren't necessarily true. And that doesn't really matter. Or you can have a debate with the Holy Spirit and be wrong about Jesus, and that does matter. Because the Scripture says that the Holy Spirit is the one that comes and draws all people to Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one that's knocking on your door when you don't know Him. It's bringing that moment of enlightenment and saying, you have to make a decision right now. This is your moment. And if your response to Holy Spirit in that moment is, no, I don't agree with you. I'm not going to give in to this prompting of coming to faith in Christ. That decision against the drawing of the Holy Spirit in a present tense, when He calls you to accept Christ, you're in danger. You're lost. Um, we, we preach, and we have recently, like coming to faith in Christ is, is just like getting an upgrade on something. Instead of getting the SV version of the, your vehicle, you get the LV version of your vehicle that comes with a moonroof and leather seats and, you know, power windows and backup camera. Like, come to Jesus and you get the upgraded version of your vehicle. Or, or instead of coach, you get to sit in business class. You get wider seats and more legroom. If you'll just come to Jesus. I didn't get that message when I came to faith. The message I got on July 27, 1977, was, if you were to die tonight, where would you spend eternity? That's the message I got. And I listened to that message, and I was up in the Ozark Mountains at a camp, and I literally thought, if I died tonight, I don't know where I would go. And it, it drew me in, and I walked down to an altar to accept Christ because I wanted to go to heaven. He said, well, you must have been a really bad kid. I was 14. I really wasn't. In fact, the only time I really stepped out of bounds, I think, for quite a while was when I was in seventh grade. And, and back in those days, you got done, you went home, did a little homework, then all the kids hung out in the whole neighborhood. And then at a certain time, all the mothers came out, fathers came out, hey, time for dinner. Everybody went home. That was sort of the way we did. So we would all hang out, but there was this one house I couldn't go to. They were the only Christians that I knew around. And I, would, I had, in seventh grade, I decided I, I would try out swearing a little bit. And they heard me swear, and they told me I couldn't come back. So that's the only thing that I remember that I was really stepping out of bounds. But it didn't matter. Because I, I didn't know where I was going to spend eternity because I hadn't come to faith in Christ. So that might, I really got, literally got scared <laughs> into coming to faith. 
And it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, we've soft-sold what it means to come to Christ. And God keeps his covenant. But if you don't, if you're not in faith in Christ, you are lost. You've got to understand that. You're lost. And Jesus said when he was talking about Zacchaeus and why he hung out with these guys, Luke 19, this is the covenant of God, 9 through 10, 10. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. That's why he came. And so I would put the question out to you, whether you're watching us from somewhere else, man. Are you lost or are you found? If you were to die tonight, what would happen to your soul? And I'd like to lead, or I'm going to eat section, I'm going to have a time of prayer. I'm going to lead a little prayer right now. And if you've never come to faith in Christ, I want you to join me in this prayer. And if you feel something tugging on your heart, that's Holy Spirit. You can't reject that. That's a drawing of Holy Spirit. Join me in prayer. So, Father, today I want to thank you that you gave your only one son to come to this earth to be sinless, to die for my sins. Not to condemn me, but to die for my sins. So today I realize I'm lost and I need your salvation. Come to me. Forgive me. Live in my heart. Set me free. Today I choose you, Lord Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. I want to thank you for that salvation I receive. In Jesus' name, amen. And I tell you what, the scripture says that you come to faith when you do that. You're a child of God. You have joined us in the family of God. You know, the second group, the first last group I said was against the Lord, the second group is astray from the Lord. They've tasted, they've seen, they've prayed. And it happens so often many times in second and third generations. I was reading a study that said, <coughs> excuse me, most rich people's families don't stay rich forever. In fact, they did a study. It said about seven in ten wealthy families lose their fortune by the second generation. And nine out of ten, they 3,200 people that were very wealthy, nine out of ten lost it, 90%, by the third generation. And the reason is they don't know what hunger looks like. They don't know what it, what it looks like to start from nothing and not have anything because it was handed to them. And I think we need to be careful that I knew what it was to be lost. I knew what it was not to have a good father. I knew what it was that when they said the father loves you unconditionally, how powerful that was for me. But my kids grew up in a better home than I did. They grew up with an understanding. And so we have to ask the question is, how do we get generation after generation to understand that we were lost, but now we're found in Christ? And here's some things that I know um, that I think are really important. And you can see this. If you watch the show Shark Tank, you'll see this a little bit. These are extremely wealthy people that make investments into other people. And there's the five people up there. You pitch your idea. They either invest in you or they don't invest in you. And all of them, for the most part, I think, are first-generation wealth. So you'll see something. Here's number one. With your children, your grand, you've got to repeat the stories of salvation. How, how you felt beforehand, before Christ, or your family where it was before Christ. And you'll, if you watch this show, Shark Tank, Robert 
Helsinviak, I can't remember his name. He's from Croatia. His family came from Croatia. He tells the story over and over and over again how they had nothing and then how they got to this place. He tells that story. If you talk to anybody who's a first generation coming over the United States, they will tell you their story of how they came here. And when it comes to your salvation, your children need to know the story. This is who I was. This is who I am. God is amazing and powerful. And repeat the story. The second thing is, if you want to connect the dots, you've got to live missional lives. And you've got to spread the gospel. You can't get away from this one. Not just being a good person, but sharing your faith, praying for people, being prophetic, being led by Holy Spirit. And on that show, you see Mark Cuban. I saw him recently. He was talking to two young women entrepreneurs. And... Uh, he wasn't necessarily investing in the product. He was investing in them. And he said, I have one criteria for you. If I invest in you, you let my two daughters come work with you. You tell them the story, how you came to be, because I don't want them to be rich little brats who don't understand what it's like to work and what it takes. I've taken my girls to do missions around the world. I, right now we're on a pause, of course, but I can't tell you how impactful that was on several levels. First of all, they got to see extreme poverty and what that looks like. They got to literally pray out loud for people, pray for healings. We've taken them on medical missions where they fed people and even worked on them, Brittany did. From a medical standpoint, they've been in those situations. They've understood that, that this is what life can look like. Um, and you're not going to be missional just sitting there or even watching on TV. You've got to get in the game and connect the dots with your children. And then the last thing is this. Be generous and grateful. Tell your story. Live missionally, spreading the gospel. And then be generous and grateful. What you spend your resources and time on, your children take notice of. And that speaks louder than anything you say. Jesus said, where your money is, your heart will be there also. So don't, it bothers me when people tell me I need to, to pay more or give more or be taxed more for their project. And then, I, and then you look at, and I've talked to some like that. I go, well, how much money do you give without being forced to give to this thing? you believe in it that much and you want to sell me on it let me see your checkbook let me see your bank account because if you're not pouring money into this thing don't tell me that it's important and I can tell you right now people ask me for money I, I give my money first goes to the gospel and the kingdom of God because that's the number my kids know that they've seen us Put the money in. They don't even think twice about it. That's what they know. This is that important to us that we support it with everything. It speaks louder. So they knew you get $10, you need to go and put a dollar in. You know, we used to pass things, but you put the dollar in the plate. Trust me on this. God gave me the grace to raise two girls with Judy. They're wonderful, beautiful. They love Jesus. But you got to tell the story. They know my story. You've got you to be missional in living. And you give generously. 
And if not, you can get real lost in this world and be astray from the Lord. Um, Luke 15 is a beautiful chapter. It tells three lost parables. There's the lost sheep, there's the lost coin, and there's the prodigal son, who is a, a second or third generation um, after hitting the wall. So here's what Jesus said about these three things. He concludes, he tells the parable, he tells the story, and this is what he says at the end. In the same way with the sheep, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. The lost coin. In the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels even when one sinner repents. And the prodigal son. His father said to him, to the brother, Look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And even if you've walked astray or you've, been, you, you've walked away, you're lost. But this is what the Father thinks, right? Heaven thinks that when you come back, when, you, when the prodigal comes back, the Father is waking, waiting there, and all heaven rejoices in that moment. And maybe today you're sitting here, you're watching, and you have gone astray. And the Father's ready to welcome you back. You're lost. I want to pray for you today. Would you join me? Lord, we pray that um, we pray, Lord, for those who have been They've tasted, they've seen, they know, and uh, they've been led astray for some reason. Whatever, they walked astray, and they know they're they're lost. And I pray right now, Lord, I come back to you. I I rededicate my heart to you. Um, Receive me, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. We got more stories to tell. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Um, You guys can stay here. It won't be long. The third group, um, <laughs> the third group that lost is, um, I think people, even though you've followed the Lord, and even though you're righteous, you're sort of like Noah right now. <laughs> you're asking the Lord. You feel a little lost, and you're asking the Lord, and you're confused. You've been floating for a while. You don't know when you're going to get there. You don't know when the waters are going to recede. Um, you know, it's almost a year before they get off the ark. And God said, I, he remembered Noah while he was on the ark. And I want to say this to those who feel a loss. I mean, you're, you're totally all in. But just for some reason, you're a little lost in life. God's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your doubts. Be honest. Be raw. Be sincere. I'll be honest right now. I've been feeling a little lost lately. Um, I'm mourning the death of my spiritual father, Floyd, who died a, little, a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm unsure about some of my, phys- I'm mourning some of my physical lim- limitations. I'm unsure about really my health future. <clears throat> and um, people don't necessarily know how to respond. I was at a pastor's meeting this week and we were talking about it and I got two book recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> One book was talking about how anger impacts somebody's back and neck issues, right? That anger sort of, ha- you know, feeds into that. And the other one was that 
something about thinking positive thoughts and that it'll bring healing to your body and, a, and align your spine. And um, I'm not going to get the books. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I've already done that work. I've already, if you've been ever in chronic pain for years and decades, you do all kinds of work in your mind. Like you play it all out. Um, I understand that, right? You've already gone through the condemnation thing. You know, and you don't need to go there anymore. And the best thing to tell a person that feels lost who, who loves Jesus is, I love you. God, God sees you. He's not obtuse. You can be honest with God. I'm praying for you. Let me know if I can do anything to help. I mean, that's just the best thing you can do. Um, today, I want to pray for you if you feel lost. And... Um, I'll have a stand. I just want to read a final scripture to you. Psalm 34, verse 15. And if you feel lost today, I mean, and it's not a faith thing, it's just you feel lost. It says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase the memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call him for help. He rescues them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects Here's my scripture. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Would you join me in standing? So today we bring all of the areas that we feel lost in, Lord. Some of us are followers. We're all in. We don't doubt your love and your grace. But right now it just seems like we've been floating on this boat for a while. And um, give us endurance. That's my prayer. Give us hope. Um, let us be reassured today that you do deliver the righteous. You deliver those who do right. You rescue us from calamity. You protect our bones. And I thank you for that, Lord. That in the morning there will be joy and it will pass and we will have joy in the morning so I thank you for that and receive it in Jesus name thank you for listening to our sermon if you want to know more about us you can find us at streamschurch.org or on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube and if you enjoyed this content subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts till next time have a great week